Um, I'm just, I'm just going to start off by reading 1 Corinthians 9, which is our text for today. And, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, but even before we do that, let's, let's, let's pray. Let's just ask the Lord to uh, be speaking to us. And um, yeah. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, we, yeah, we are so thankful that you are the good Father. On this Father's Day, Lord, we, yeah, Lord, we just acknowledge you. Lord, we acknowledge that we are here to learn, to sit at the feet of our, our Father today. All of us are, even me. <laughs> yeah, and, and Father, but meeting here together um, is worthless unless our attention and unless our affection is put on you. And Lord, I pray that you would, you would help us with that this morning. Lord, would you become much in our affections? May you increase, may we decrease. Um, and um, yeah, Father, would just speak to us this morning by your spirit. Um, open up our eyes to see your truths in the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, let's, just, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. I'm just going to read the whole thing. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defence to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in the hope of sharing in the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we, if we, if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rites nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching... I may present the gospel free of charge, 
so as not to make the full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So, as Christians, we have freedom. We have been set free from the penalty and the power of our sin. The entirety of our wrongdoings has been, have been forgiven at the cross. And we are set free from living under any sort of law or ritual in order to relate and have a relationship with God. But what does this freedom look like? What is this freedom in Christ? mean for us? What are we free to do? What are we free not to do? And, and last week, John started to, um, uh, uh, um, uh, he spoke about how we are freed to prioritize love over our liberty. Um, yeah, and, and, and that prioritizing love over liberty plays out in an increase in our love for our brothers and sisters. We now come to chapter 9, and Paul wants to do a couple of things. He wants to uh, defend some of his own freedoms. Um, there were people questioning him. Um, and he also wants to give a personal example of what, it, what, what that looks like, um, of what oh, he was describing in chapter 8. He wants to show us that those who have freedom as well can't keep that freedom to themselves. Um, we are freed. It's a noisy helicopter. <laughs> um, that in our freedom, we've been set free to join Christ in his mission. And what is Christ's mission? It is to save those who are lost and to restore those people that he has created um, to be back in relationship with him. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just pray again. Um, yeah, Father, I, I need you. Lord, would you guide my lips? Lord, would you guide my heart? Lord, would you help our hearts be focused on you now? Yeah, just lead us as we pray. May we hear from your spirit. May we hear from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a lot in chapter 9, and we probably could have spent weeks and weeks just looking at this chapter, and so I'm going to go over a few of the points fairly, um, uh, fairly briefly. Um, uh, and in fact, 
a lot of what he's saying, and evening how Paul is defending himself and asking all of these questions, he's surprised that he's even having to ask these questions and, um, and defend himself to the Corinthians. Shouldn't it be obvious? Um, uh, and so I, and I, and I, I, I agree. I think the way he puts it, it is fairly obvious. So we're not going to spend too much time on those bits. Um, but yeah, so Paul, verses one, verses two, he's defending himself against accusations that some people had in Corinth that he wasn't an apostle. And we'll come on later to see why that is. But, um, and um, uh, an apostle, by the way, is, it literally just means one who is sent out. Um, and in Paul's case, an apostle is one who's specifically been sent out to, to, to uh, by the risen Christ, who he has seen after his physical resurrection. Um, so that was one of the criteria for, for, for being one of the main apostles, um, that personal witness which Paul said he has. Um, uh, and an apostle is, 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 is supposed to be effective uh, and uh, needs evidence of that. And Paul's saying, why are you questioning me, Corinthians? You are the very reason, you, you are the very evidence of my apostleship. Um, come on, I am an, I'm, I'm, I'm an apostle. And to be honest, he then says, that's, that's my defense. That, that's all he really gives. Um, and then he moves on into verse 4 to defend how he works out his mission, how he works out that apostleship. Um, he, he initially defends the right for ministers of the gospel to be financially supported. Um, it was right that he and his ministry partner, Barnabas, should be paid. Um, uh, because paying him, paying Barnabas, frees him up to be able to spend much more time showing, um, showing the gospel to people, opening people's eyes to see who Jesus is, um, and taking people to the scriptures. Instead of having to spend time working, instead of having to spend time worrying, how am I going to support my family if God calls me to do this? So it is right for people to be, it is right for people to be paid. And it is work. And it's no, when it's work that isn't less worthy of pay compared to any other job. And, and this is what Paul appeals to. He appeals to the common experience. Verse, yeah, in verses, um, uh, in verse, he does this in verse 7. Um, he, nobody works for free. Um, whether we're a soldier, whether we're a, a vine dresser, whether we're a shepherd, all people can only work if they have their needs met. And, and, and the same is true of, of, of people who work for the gospel. If appealing to the common experience that every, every human has, if that isn't enough, Paul appeals to the law. Um, his, he's guided in, in, the, in the Jewish culture at the time, they're, they're guided um, uh, by the Old Testament laws. And, um, and, and he quotes from Deuteronomy, um, Deuteronomy 25, verse 4, he literally says, you shall not muzzle the ox when it treads out the grain. Was this law written for the ox? No, oxen can't read. I got that from a commentary. Um, but it does illustrate a principle um, that even the animals that work should be getting their needs met by their work. And so how much more so should ministers of the gospel be able to get their, their pay by, the, by ministering the, the gospel? Um, if that wasn't enough, he goes to Christ's command. Uh, and so Christ, actually, when Christ was sending out his apostles, 
his disciples. Um, uh, he told them uh, in, there in, in, Matthew, um, uh, in Matthew 10, he told them when they, they, well, Jesus sent them out to share the good news of the coming kingdom. And he told them when they were to go out and share this news, they were to take with them or acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, don't, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. So this is what Jesus says. He says, as, as you go out, don't take any resources or provisions. Rely solely on what you, you are given by the people you are sharing the good news of the kingdom with. Um, so I think if Paul, Paul is fairly clear that, that ministers have a right to be paid. Um, and, and they have a right to minister and administrate and be, be um, supported to do that. And, um, and, and, um, and Paul, Paul says, that, like, if, if we have sown truth amongst you that has led to your salvation from eternal death is it too much to ask you for some bread and a, and a coat and, and a place to stay and this is what this is what paul would say um uh, it, 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 yeah and, and this, this is this is why um and it's texts like this that's uh, is, is why we have people um uh, we have five members of staff serving at servants church so those five members of staff um, each have a, a portion of their time freed up so that it can specifically focus on administrating the gospel um, here at Servants. Um, and um, we have two elders who are, who are well, who will be. Um, uh, one will be f- paid full-time, one will be paid part-time. Um, uh, and we've chosen to do that as a church because it will free those elders up to serve Christ more, um, more efficiently. Um, and it is... Um, and enable them to serve his body by administrating and, 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 in, and serve you to serve the gospel. Um, and, um, and also, we, we members of the church then who are free, we, we've been set free by Christ. We've been set free from the love of money. Um, we've been set free from having our lives dictated by our strivings to meet our financial needs. We are also then free to, be, to, to use our own resources to free up these ministers, to free up people who are specifically dedicated to preaching the gospel. And that's why we were, in, we were encouraging you a, f- a few weeks ago to think about how, how, how are you involved in that? How um, uh, um, uh, do you feel free to be able to do that here at Servants? If you do, that's, that's great. Um, Talking about finances, I mean, does it ha- how many of you feel just a little bit uncomfortable? Um, uh, I, 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 yeah. I, I, how many of you are thinking, come on, don't you know how much damage has been done over the years by people asking for money from the front, from a pulpit? Um, how, how many of you, how, for how many of you is that going through your mind? Um, and, and that, to be, to be honest, that's, that's, not, that's not a new concern. Um, it, it, it's, it's obvious in the church in the West that um, uh, the, the role of elder has been abused for financial gain, but that is not a new concern. That's been going on for a long time, and to be honest, I think it's, it's, it's possibly one of the reasons why Paul is even writing this. Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. So Paul is clear, he has a right 
for, um, uh, uh, he was free to receive pay for gospel ministry. Um, but now, because of those concerns we just talked about, Paul is also free to, to, to refuse that right. He's free to give up that right to, um, to pay for gospel ministry. So he defends his rights, and then in verse 15 says, I have made no use of these rights. And, and, and the question is why? Um, and, and I think this is partly Paul's personal illustration of the principle of chapter 8. Where, so chapter 8, if you remember, is where the spiritually mature people give up some of their freedoms, their right to eat meat, sacrifice to idols, and they do that to avoid causing less mature Christians to sin. And now Paul takes, takes this even further. He, he gives up his right to receive pay. And why does he do this? Because that was the best way that he could minister the gospel to the Corinthians without causing them to stumble. It's the best way he could both share and administrate. The gospel is Paul's main concern. He is far more concerned for his mission than he is in being paid. He's not out for the money. He needs his needs met so he can continue, but he's not, he's, his main concern is sharing the gospel. The gospel is too precious of a truth to worry about whether we get paid for it or not. And so if people, if being paid causes somebody to stumble and refuse to come to Christ, then what do we do? Then we refuse our right to pay. How does this relate to Paul's boasting, though? He, he, he goes on. Um, uh, the wind's blowing my Bible. Um, he, he goes on to say, um, uh, for, uh, I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. So what, what's this boasting? Is, is, I mean, isn't boasting a negative thing? Isn't that a bad thing? And it depends on what we're boasting about. Um, and it depends on why we're boasting. So Paul here, he, he says, I cannot boast. Um, uh, uh, it gives me no ground for boasting if I preach the gospel. He cannot boast in being chosen by Jesus or being um, specifically sent out as the apostle to the Gentiles. How can he do anything else? How can he refuse the instruction of the risen Jesus? That's, that's not what he's boasting about. Um, it, a messenger does not boast in delivering his message, and Paul is a messenger, as a sent one. The message, though, doesn't belong to him, so he can't boast. As a messenger, he simply just has to share it. And if the messenger doesn't share it, he's not really a messenger, or at least not a very good one. Um, uh, so what, does Paul, what is Paul boasting in? He is boasting in the one who gave him the message. And that's when it's okay to boast, as we'll, as we'll see. He boasts in the power of Christ, which enables Paul to give up his rights. He boasts in the power of Christ, which makes him more like Christ. And because it is only Christ's work within him that enables him to give up his rights and, 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 and stop living for himself and live for others and serve others instead. And his boasting is that the gospel is proved by him denying his own rights. Um, he says, um, he says uh, Paul writing in Galatians 6 says, 
But far be it from me to boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So he boasts in knowing Christ, in Christ crucified. He may also have been thinking about what it says in Jeremiah 9, where it says, um, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So boasting is good if it is in the right place. And, and, and a boasting like this helps us share the gospel. Um, and verse 17 um, uh, now is, is, is a, is a fairly a, a tricky verse. Um, and we won't spend too much time on it. But whether it was Paul's own free decision to spend the gospel, or whether it was simply he was freed to then submit to God's um, uh, instruction, um, either way, when we are first given the news of the gospel and we see it for the truth that it is, what, what do we get? What, what, what happens? We, we become stewards of the gospel. We become somebody who, um, we own, we, well, we, we, we are taking care of a, of a truth. And, and so what do we do with it? What do we do with that truth? Do we sit and live out our lives? Do we sit and, and, and just live out comfortable lives? having now got our get-out-of-hell-free card. Um, no, no, we don't. That, that's, we use our freedom in Christ. We use the freedom that comes with the gospel to share the gospel. The majority of us won't be called to full-time ministry, but we are all called to live for the gospel and live the gospel out as well. We are all stewards of the gospel, and and and, and yeah, and, and part of being a steward is being able to steward your finances and 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 being called to support those who are called to full-time ministry. But we are all included in the Great Commission. Uh, uh, when we enter into Christ, we are included in the mission of Christ, and um, and that that Great Commission uh, that's in Matthew 28, that mission that Christ gives us, is to go therefore. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. This is partly how we steward the gospel that's been given to us. And this is a purpose that's given to us that really should trump any other purpose that we have in life because its, it's consequences are eternal. Um, and, and, and so Paul um, he says in verse 12, we, he would rather, he would endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of this mission that he has. Paul gives up his rights to being paid because he wanted no hindrances to the gospel. And if that means that gospel ministers don't get paid, then that's the right thing to do. That's what should happen. If that's going to hinder people coming to know Christ, then, then that's what happened. And, and that, that's, that's why we have five elders who are not pay, we, we have a right to say, no, it is better for the church. It is better, it's a better use of the resources to only pay one and a half of us. Um, and and that's, that's our right, and that's how we best feel we can steward the resources God's given us here at, at Servants Church. Um, and that's how we best feel we can share his kingdom and share the good news of Jesus. 
And I think it is important to say this as well. So um, even in Paul giving up his right to receive pay and work as a tent maker, which is what, what he did in Corinth there, he, um, he, he was part-time tent maker, part-time minister of the gospel. He still ended up, even in that, being a hindrance to some of the Corinthians. Um, he says in a, in a later letter to Corinthians, and to Corinthians, um, he says, did I commit a sin in humbling myself so you may be exalted because I preach God's gospel to you free of charge? There were some in Corinth who were doubting Paul's authority as apostle, specifically because he didn't take money. Uh, and so in, 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 in um, yeah, he, he, he gave up his rights to try and minister to a specific group in Corinth. And then in so doing, actually put a stumbling block in the way of other people. So, I mean, we, we're never going to please everybody. And I'm yeah, very thankful that, our, we are, um, uh, yeah, that we are not judged. God doesn't judge us based on our, um, uh, how other people respond to us. He, 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 he judges us on, on how we respond to him and how we obey him. Um, and so we are free to do what we think is best um, and, 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 and to, to, to share the gospel without worrying how are people going to respond. People even rejected Jesus. So um, we, we do what we, what we think, what we pray, what we um, uh, think is the best way to share the gospel. So what is Paul's reward? If, he's not, if his reward isn't financial, what is the reward he gets? And we'll come on to this a little bit later, but he is, his reward, as he says in verse 18, his reward for being a steward of the gospel is that he gets to, he gets to share the gospel free of charge so that he is able to deny his rights to share the gospel. The, 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 the reward of the gospel is the gospel at work in us, is us knowing God. And that was bigger in Paul's mind than anything else. It was worth giving up money for. So what, so how do we do this? What, what, does, what does this look like? Um, what does being that steward of the gospel look like? And, and, and yeah, how do we do that? And, and, and Paul goes on to say in verse 19, he says, how, how do we do this? What does it, uh, he's free from all. He is not accountable to other men as at, or to any other final authority other than God. But because he has been set free, he's able to put himself underneath other men. He's able to serve others. He sets aside his own rights and his freedoms for their sakes. He says, to the Jew, I became as a Jew. Um, and so what, what did this look like? What does becoming like a Jew look like? Um, well, the Jewish people in that time, as we, as we mentioned, we, they, they lived under many, many rules, many regulations that governed, governed every aspect of their life. They had to do things like wear tassels on their clothes. Um, they had to do things like um, a wash in certain ways before eating. And um, uh, they weren't allowed to eat meat from animals that the law labeled unclean. Um, These were requirements under Jewish law. And Paul knows that he is free from these requirements. He doesn't need to do these in order to relate to God. 
but he is free to enter and live under those requirements in order to become like the people that he was trying to reach. So he, was, he, he, wore, his, he wore the tassels. He, he didn't have his bacon sandwich. He, he didn't um, uh, do anything that would stumble the Jews and make them re- reject him based on that. He wanted to build relationship first. He, pulled, he doesn't force his salvation on the Jews. He doesn't walk in with that pack of bacon. He doesn't um, uh, and say, this is your freedom. No, he, he enters into what they are like and, and does the same thing that they do. Um, he also doesn't show off his freedom. He doesn't um, lord it over the Jews and say, ha, I can do this. I don't need those tassels. Um, I, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't do that. He, he doesn't say, come on, it's a bit, it's a bit ridiculous. You can, you can eat pork just like you can eat lamb. Um, it, it, um, uh, that's not what he does because that would cause the Jews to stumble it would cause the Jews to resist Paul therefore resist Paul's message and therefore resist the one who sent that message and resist Christ um, and, and yeah my, my, my children like to lord it over each other quite regularly um, my, my oldest uh, is, is free He's, she's free to climb a climb a tree. His younger brothers are not free to climb a tree because it's a bit more dangerous for them. The older one likes to climb the tree, look at the bran- sit on the branch and look down at his brothers with a smug smile on his face. And it's horrible. I really, really hate it. He uses his freedom to think, to say, I'm better than you. That is the exact opposite of what we should be using our freedom for. That is not how we win people to Christ. Um, the New Living Translation phrases uh, uh, verse 20 when I was with the Jews I lived like a Jew and I think there's, there's, something, there's something important there um, our mission to reach the lost is about living with those who, are, who don't know God and I think often we can be so secure in our own Christian bubbles that we don't interact with those who are lost and we can't really do our mission very well if we're like that um, and and this, is what, this, is, this is what Jesus did. He, when he, he lived among us. He prioritized relationship. He didn't just come in in one instance to the, the, the disciples and say, you need to do this. And then he, he went away again. No, he came and he lived with the disciples. Um, and, and so I think in part of our mission is, is living with those who are non-Christians. And... Um, uh, and um, yeah, and prioritizing building that relationship. Yeah, and, and Paul, Paul, even in submitting to laws, he, Paul was free to have Timothy circumcised just so that they were better able to minister to the Jews. It, um, it says, it should be up on the screen, and it says this in Acts 16, Paul wanted to take Timothy to accompany him and took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, because they knew that if Timothy wasn't circumcised, that would, or potent, that would potentially prevent some of the Jews coming to know Christ. And, and, and so Timothy was f- free to be circumcised, even though it was of no benefit to him. In the long, in, it, he, it wasn't necessary, but he was willing to do that to win people. That makes me, even as a man in a, yeah, 
I, I don't really like the idea of, uh, of, of, of doing that to win people, um, uh, especially not in the time when there's no anaesthetic and there's no, um, uh, no pain relief. I mean, that, talk about giving up your rights to, to benefit others. And yeah, I mean, kudos to you, Timothy. Um, but Timothy did it because the Christ that he knew was worth sharing. And uh, likewise, when it benefits the gospel. Uh, so if we're free um, uh, to, to live under those laws, when it benefits the gospel, we're free to live outside of laws and traditions. When he was with the Gentiles, and that is when he's with the, those who weren't Jewish, the non-Jew, he lived as though he was not under Jewish law. He didn't require the Gentiles do their washings and, and dress a certain way before he would share the gospel with them. He went in and he made himself approachable to the Gentiles. Um, he was free to eat pork with the Gentiles. He, and the issue, the priority for Paul was not his freedom. The priority was building and maintaining relationships so that he could win some. He, um, he, he, the, the first thing he did when he went to Athens, we see this in Acts 17, he, he went round and explored the city, got to know the people, and tried to find the common ground with the people there. And so it says, Paul, uh, so Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. So he then took what they had in common, which was to worship uh, uh, and um, being religious, and he commends them for those things. That's a redeemable trait. But then he points that trait to Christ. Um, uh, and that's, that's how... That, that's a, I think that's a great example for us to, to, to follow when, we, when we, we are going about our workplaces. Verse 22, to those who are weak, I became weak in order to win the weak. So in the eyes of Paul and, and the Lord Jesus, all people are worthy of us humbling ourselves, even those that we would typically see as beneath us. And, and come on, we all do. Um, the weak in Corinth were likely, yeah, all, all people are worthy of us humbling ourselves so that we can reach them. The weak in Corinth were those who were likely those of low social status, the, the, the less educated, the poor, the manual laborers. Um, so what did Paul do? What did this great apostle do who was laying the foundations of the gospel throughout the world at the time? He became weak like one of them. He gave up his right to pay. He became lowly. Um, and and and, uh, and that is that is the underlying principle of all of these of the, all of these things of becoming like a Jew to the Jew of of a, a Gentile to the Gentile weak to the weak. We are free to find common ground with all people, in order to build relationship and to demonstrate, to share and to win people, um, for Christ. We become a servant to all, as as Paul puts it. And in a way, that, that, that is, that's, being a servant to all is almost, it's, it's, it's letting others dictate what we do um, at times. So if, you're, if, your neighbor, if your neighbor loves Star Wars, 
then you watch Star Wars so that you've got something to talk about with your neighbor. If your neighbor grows veggies, then you are free to grow veggies so that you've got something in common. You're free to do that. Um, uh, let, like, let that guide your, guide your life, Lord. How, everything I do, how can I use that to find common ground with people? Paul was in Corinth for 18 months. So again, we're not talking about this one-off conversation. We're talking about a longer term doing life with people and finding that common ground. Um, we, yeah, we should, we should be ready and we should be quick to adopt customs and the habits of people so that we can minister to them. Um, we don't go and do mission work in, in, in China and force them to use a knife and fork when we go around for meals and host people over. We, we adopt customs. Um, and, yeah, and we don't think our, our way must be better and force others to do what we, want, we, we do first before we tell them about the gospel. Um, and having said this, though, we, do not, we, we don't compromise the gospel by joining people in their sin. Um, we, we, don't, um, uh, we, don't, we don't get drunk to find something in common with the drunkard. Um, uh, uh, we, we, don't, um, we don't gossip at work to find someone, to find something in common with those who gossip at work. And that, 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 that's a bad witness and one of the least loving things we can do. But we are free to live with all those people. We're free to engage with, with them and find common ground so that bridges for the gospel can be built. So why, why do we do this? Why is this important? What's, what's Paul's motivation? What, what encourages us to become all things to all men? Because isn't that what Christ has done for us? The eternal Son of God, the, who freely steps down from heaven, he left his place of perfect love, perfect holiness. There's no higher position that Christ could have stepped down from. And yet he did. He gave up his right to stay there. And he stepped down, voluntary and voluntarily entered into his own creation, which he was the creator of just simply by speaking. He entered to the mire of that fallen and broken world to save a fallen people, a fallen mankind the very mankind whom he had created in the beginning for a relationship with him. He, but we refused his affection. We refused his rule. He re we refused his goodness. And we preferred our own evil. We preferred our own rule over our lives. We preferred the darkness. We rejected our very creator. And we caused him incalculable offense to his holiness. And we separated ourselves away from him. We, we, we were so far in the wrong that the wrongness that we have blinds us to the depths of our own wrongness. We could never make that right. We could never bridge that divide. We had no right to even try to make it right, really. And so what was waiting for us was eternal separation, eternal, eternal suffering, eternal death. And yet Christ gave up that right that he had to just wipe us out. He gave up that right. 
He gave up the right to stay in his perfection. He came, he entered into this world as a baby. He lived his life as a man, as a perfect man, doing absolutely nothing wrong. He was rejected and despised even by his own chosen people as he was in this world. He was abandoned in his darkest hour even by his closest disciples. He suffered one of the most incredibly painful and distressing deaths on a cross, a slave's death. There was literally nowhere lower that he could have gone for us. This is what he did for us. And in, in, in doing so, he took upon himself the wrath of God. He took upon himself the death and the punishment that should have been ours. And he did this so that we could know him. We did this so we could be... He, he did this so we could be at peace with him, so that divide between us and God could be bridged. And we could have him again as our eternal friend, our eternal king, and our eternal God. God so loved Paul that Christ did this for him, and Paul knew it. And this is why Paul was so quick to give up his rights, because his saviour gave up everything for him this is why it's not such a good it's not such a big thing for a minister to be paid like in, in light of what Christ has done what is what is money what is being paid like it's not that big a deal this is why Paul gives it up no I'm, I'm more concerned about the gospel and this is this is what Christ has done for us as well and this is why we should similarly be quick to want to share this. Isn't it, isn't it just the most precious truth? If you could put a monetary value on somebody telling you that, what would it be? I think you'd need to be richer than Elon Musk. Like there's, 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 there's no monetary value on it, but Christ, in Christ redeeming us, And isn't that worth sharing? So when we know that about God, when we know that character that Christ has that made him want to do that for us, we, we, and know that we can know him again, we become like him and we want to do the same thing. We also have that heart for the lost. We also have that, that mission to want to bring people in and know this truth at all costs. So what is it, what, how, how do we live in light of that then? How do we live in light, what, light of Christ, of what Christ has done for us? What does it look like? What does that mission look like for us in this next week? Well, maybe it means that we talk to the person who is obsessed with football. Maybe it is giving up our right to ignore that and enter into that discussion, talk about the game with him, explore that, try and find that common ground, what drives him to love football, what drives him to, um, uh, 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 why, what's their motive behind supporting their football, try and find that common ground and over time point them to Christ. 
Maybe it means overcoming those differences between you and somebody else that have previously meant that you just completely ignore them at work. Maybe you feel slighted because they got the promotion that you didn't or they have a very different political view from you and you just can't. Maybe it's humbling yourself and looking past that and pointing it to Christ. Maybe it's like, maybe you're like Stephen and Katie, are the missionaries that we support as a church in Taiwan. At the moment, their mission is to learn Chinese so they can actually talk to people and actually share the gospel with them. Uh, and, and that's a worthy, worthy mission. Maybe it's, maybe it's giving up your right to wear certain clothes because wearing those particular brands makes you unapproachable to some people in your workplace. Um, yeah, it, 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 anything that we have to give up um, is worth it to share the gospel. And I think for all of us, I think it is taking the time to examine, to be around other people, to examine others, examine them and see, see what, what does make them tick. What are they living for? What's their purpose in life? And praying and intentionally praying, Lord, how can I be what this person needs to see who you are? What can I do to win this person and show them the same truth, the gospel truth that you have done for me? <clears throat> so lastly, um, we see verses 24 to 20, 27. That's uh, Jesus frees us in this. He frees us from our sin, and now we are free to enter that mission, and we are free to compete and win the prize. Um, we, we become all things to all men that we might win some. We want to win those under the law, those who are not under the law, and win the weak. But what are we winning? And this is souls we're talking about. We are winning souls and people to Christ. Um, so Paul uses the analogy of a race. Um, uh, there's, there's a race going on for people's souls. And there are only two outcomes in the end. People are either one for God or they are one by something else. And only one of these will last. Um, or only one will win the prize. So Paul wants us running hard in that race to win someone, to be putting in all effort, to compete against anything else any other worldview or religion or anything else that tries to draw the people in our social circle away from Christ. And he gives us, this, he gives us the motivation to keep on running. He, he continues the athletics me metaphor saying, um, look, look, at how much effort, look at how much effort the athletes put in to win a perishable crown. But know this, our crown is imperishable. Our reward that we get from running this race to save a soul is imperishable, that will last forever. Now, I don't, he's not talking about salvation here, he's talking about an additional reward. I do think that um, uh, has, to be, has to be said. We don't run a race and we don't save souls in order to God, for God to save us. He's already done that. We run this race to win others in light of what Christ has already done for us. But athletes, when they're training for that race, when they're running, um, they, they discipline themselves. They exercise self-control in all things, as Paul says. They restrict their diet to things that are healthy. They refuse their second helpings of dessert. They practice, their, uh, they practice daily. They do their weight training. They don't go out drinking. They don't uh, uh, um, uh, 
that they get good rest. They live lives in a way that will enable them to run the fastest, that will enable them to win, hopefully. And, um, and, so, and as followers of Christ, we, we need to be doing the same. We should be doing the same because of the efforts that Christ put in, because of the, the preciousness, the, but the magnitude of what Christ has done for us. How, how can we do anything else, like Paul said earlier? Um, how, how can we not speak um, uh, like, the, like the Apostle Peter um, before the Sanhedrin? He said, like, how can we but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard? When we have, when we have seen the truth, how can we not speak of what we have seen and heard? And so Paul, yeah, he, he, he doesn't run his race aimlessly. Everything he does, every action he does has a goal. If he was a boxer, he wouldn't be throwing aimless punches and just hoping that something will land and will be successful. No, he, he's calculated, he's prayerful. Everything he does is designed, has a purpose to serve the gospel. And, um, and, and so Paul, he disciplines his body. And this isn't, this isn't self-punishment. Um, uh, this is, this is self-discipline, uh, and this is a grace that God gives us. He gives us his spirit, um, which, as we mature, produces fruit, and one of the fruits of that spirit is self-control. And, um, and, and Paul says this to Timothy in, in, in 2 Timothy, um, uh, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, not of power, uh, but of power. <laughs> yeah, correct that one. Um, but of power and love and of self-control. He gives us his Holy Spirit to enable us in our mission, to, for us to be self-controlled, for us to discipline ourselves. He says, in, he says again in, Phil in Philippians that it is God who works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. He also gives us that desire too. And we need this, don't we? How many times have we tried to put in a um, New Year's resolution and failed? Like we, we, need all, we need something supernatural most of the time. And Christ gives that to us. If he was willing to do what he did, isn't he willing to help us and discipline ourselves to be more consistent in, our, in the way we read the Bible, in the way we attend church, in the way we are intentional to go out and serve him? And so we, we discipline ourselves to deny us certain freedoms that will better help us share the gospel, that will better help us um, focus on the race and win people for him. And there's a, in a, the, right at the end, it's, um, there's, a, there's a warning about the loss of our reward, and that's not, again, not our eternal um, uh, not our salvation, but it is a loss of reward if we don't discipline ourselves and we don't share the gospel. Then there will be loss of reward, and um, specifically what that looks like, I don't know, to be honest. Um, but that often comes when we have neglected our spiritual fitness. We've neglected our spiritual training. We've neglected to spend time with the Lord. We're, we're neglecting going to church and things like that. 
and, um, and we take our eyes off the prize. We take our eyes off Christ. Our minds start to be drawn to, to other things. And so what, what, do, what do we do when we, when we are like that? We, we remember who Christ is. We remember the gospel. We teach ourselves the gospel every day to remind us of what God has done for us. The depths, they're the, from the heights that Christ left to the depths that he went for us so that we could know him. So, yeah, so let, let us run. And remembering again that Christ loves us, that Christ is the one who gave up all things for us. He became all things to all men. And we run not by ourselves, we run together with him. And we join him in his work. We run by the grace that he provides through his spirit. And also we run together as a church. So let us, let's, encourage us, let's encourage one another in this. Let us continually point one another to Christ and what Christ has done. Let us encourage one, encourage one another in our mission because of what he has done for us. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much that you sent your son to do this for us, to, to, to rescue us, to set us free. Lord, I thank you that you loved us enough to do this for us. And Lord, help us to love you in return. Help us to respond to this rightly. Help us to steward this, this truth that we have been shown. Help us to, to share it. Lord, it's so easy to, to feel condemned. Lord, and that's not, not what you want us to do. You don't want us to be condemned for, not, for how quickly we, we forget to do this. You want us to remember you. You want us to encourage one another to remember you. And, 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 and know you. Yeah, Father, I pray if anybody here doesn't know you, Lord, that you would open their eyes to see this truth, to see what Christ has done for them. Lord, would you move by your spirit. Lord, help us with this. Help us spend some time thinking about how we can put this practically into, into, into place. And forgive us when we try and do all of this in our own strength and think that you only value us and you only love us when we're doing this, when we're living perfect lives. Oh, because that's a lie. You loved us whilst you, we were still your enemies to do, to send Jesus for us. So Lord, just yeah, help us as we go about our day to day. Lord, help us live for you. Help us prioritize you. Help us be willing to give anything up for you. In Jesus' name, amen.